straight run up. Now he angles it somewhat. Barkadash! Where do I start? It's been up and down. I remember being a kid. I can see that happening. That's oh, always, always something to do. The Unlaced. Unlaced podcast. It's actually not bad. <laughs> and we're live. Welcome back to another episode of the Unlaced podcast, everyone. Thank you for all the support on our most recent episodes. Um, it's been awesome to see some of the feedback. I wanted to change up today's episode a little bit because one of my favorite Instagram pages that I've been following, uh, the NRL Roast, is just renowned for its humor, for its content, for what it provides back to the NRL. And I mean, the engagement around the page as well, it just blows up everything. So um, I was always intrigued by like, who is running this page? And funnily enough, uh, the man behind it, Dean Messeter, who I'm just about to introduce you to, he actually had touch base with me on one of my posts on the Unlaced podcast and I was like dude I'm obsessed with your page and through discussion there we we decided that we had to do a podcast together so Dean man it's it's awesome to have you on thanks so much Jake it uh it is an honor to jump on I've, I've seen some of the guests you've had and to uh try and follow up some of them is going to be a tough challenge but uh should be fun and exciting now awesome mate and you look like you've got a pretty awesome little backdrop of an office there on your screen I mean you got some old old school NRL tops, some sporting tops, some memorabilia. <laughs> yeah, I um I, I work in a little town called Parks in central west New South Wales. I've got a little shed out the back which I incorporated into an office. And um I thought, you know, I just had a bit of a boring background. So I need to to ramp it up a bit. So, you know, just a few collectibles that I've uh collected over the years and uh, a bit of memorabilia and things from my junior days. That's my junior um jersey there and and my, some of my trophies and things like that so just things that i hold special throughout my um throughout my life and things that sort of you know created some talking points and and you know people see it and let's have a discussion about that so it sort of brings up a yeah a, a few talking so yeah i can see why and i bet everyone listening is probably thinking you know how's a man in the middle of you know regional area in new south wales called parks you know built one of the most renowned content making machines um i guess in the sporting arena in in this country but before we go into that i kind of wanted to have some discussion around like the the nrl season that's been because i do post a lot of stuff around the nrl and i haven't got too many nrl guests or, or rugby league guests on so i'm keen to cover a bit of the content around that this year i mean do you do you watch it closely obviously you you post a lot of content about it but do you watch all the games do you have a specific team you follow yeah, so I try and watch every game. Um, luckily, like I do some work around content, like separately from the page, okay. which um, you know that, that's my business, and um, so it enables me to watch you know most of the sport on weekends and things. So I'm lucky in that aspect; I get to watch every game. Um, but I sort of watch it in a different way to a lot of people. Like I don't sit there and analyze the game. I'm not I'm not huge on on analyzing and and working out like why the why the team shifted that way or, or shifted you know that way. Um, I'm more looking for entertainment things. What's what's entertaining about the game? Oh, okay. Something funny that might happen, a crowd reaction, um, you know, a mistake that we can sort of poke fun at, relate to a movie or, or whatever. And, and that's so I'm looking at it from a different lens from everyone else. Wow. Um, sometimes I'll have to go back, and if I someone will go, oh, did you see? You know, there was a seven tackle set or something, and, and I'll have to go back and watch it again because I totally missed that because I was looking at someone dropping a beer in the crowd. So. <laughs> Wow. It's uh but yeah, I'm lucky. So I do get to I do try and watch every game. Obviously, there's things on like we might, you know, have a wedding or a party or something to go to, and I might be just watching it on my phone and just post a score update. So I'm not watching it that closely, but 
last couple of years, we haven't been able to do much except sit in the house and watch footy. Yeah, so, right. I've been, uh, you know, it's not lucky that I've been able to stay home, but, um, you know, it's enabled me to, to sort of watch it a bit more closely over the last couple of years. That's crazy that I've never heard anyone talk about watching every game of sport and watching it from the perspective that you do, <laughs> which is pretty phenomenal. But maybe it gives, like, explains why your page has an edge because you're so onto things and probably reacting to things so quickly in, in some regards. Yes, it is more like re- reactive thing than, um, you know, sort of don't plan too much. It's more like just wait for something to happen. And sometimes something mightn't happen and, and you go, well, okay, let, let's, you know, it mightn't be that entertaining of a game. So let's point out, you know, a player's special effort in, you know, and have a look at their stats and, and things like that. So that's where, you know, you can um, grab different things from different games. Not every game is going to be high intensity and, and exciting. And, and you know, three o'clock on a Saturday, a lot of people are out doing things. They're not sitting in, yeah. in a little shed out the back of their house watching the footy. So. <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough. Um how, how did you kind of overview the season for, for yourself? Obviously, from a Victorian standpoint, we didn't get to see much much of the games, but you know we we're pretty happy with how Storm went despite the loss. I mean, were you, were you sort of – do you think that the standard, the quality was affected with COVID or do you think it was a great season that we got to watch and was filled with entertainment? I, I think for what we went through, the you know, with all the challenges that we had um, as a society – I think the NRL did very well to put on the season. Um, you know, the the full round, there was only one round I think was affected. We missed uh, footy on a Saturday and we had sort of backup games on a on a Sunday and Monday. Apart from that, it wasn't really affected. Um, the, you know, we had the, the rule chat, like the six again. Uh, yeah. And then the sin bins through magic rounds sort of ruined that. Um, their crackdown, as they called it, you know, that, that was a challenge, but... Overall, the whole season, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. Um, again, I don't get too bogged down in, you know, what rule changes they should change and, and do. Like, that's for someone bigger than me. Mm. Um, but as for an entertaining side of things, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought it was, you know, um, one, of, one of the best, considering what they went through, it was, it was a great season. Yeah, I'm, I absolutely love uh, rugby league. When I lived in Canberra at a young age, it kind of forced me to start watching more rugby league because there wasn't as much AFL on, which is what I was kind of used to watching. And um, luckily, obviously, when you're from Melbourne, Storm are always just kind of this elite club and culture and, and you follow them and you kind of follow them with pride because obviously we're kind of singled out with one team, but we always sort of overachieve in, in some regards with what we've done. So... Um, because of because of obviously my relationship and love with the Storm, I actually did watch Penrith quite close this year because I was so impressed with them last year um, against the Storm and I just felt like, holy shit, these guys are so young. Um, they're playing in a grand final. Obviously, Melbourne Storm had probably a bit more experience and, and a bit more class and edge and dominated that, that grand final in some regards. Um, but, I mean, the way Penrith bounced back this year was, was pretty amazing and shows a lot about their mentality, I think, as a young group and the coach... Uh, Ivan Cleary. I mean, what did you what did you kind of you know take from their performances this year? Yeah, like you look at um, look at Melbourne, and you say like you know they've got that experience, and and Penrith seemed to lose a bit of that at the start of the, the end of last season. They lost a couple of uh, you know a few players that were you know very experienced, and a lot of people sort of were like they're not going to go as well as they did in twenty 2020, twenty in twenty twenty one because of that loss of experience. Yeah, but. I think, you know, they just have this young, real core group of players that all grew up playing 
under 16s all the way through. So like Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary have been the halves in that same system all the way through. They haven't moved clubs or anything. Yeah, it's crazy. Just, and they just have the, the right elements around them and, and the right mix of, um, you know, the, a lot of their young forwards have been around for a, like, they're still young, but they have been around for a while. So and they've got that experience in big games like James Fitzgerald-Harris with New Zealand and things like that. So, um, you know, I think they just had that mix right. Young guys that sort of, you know, don't give us stuff. Um, they didn't really let anyone get bogged, like bog them down with, oh, they were playing arrogantly and celebrating and all that sort of stuff. They didn't let that get to them. Um, and I just, yeah, they stood out more than more than I thought. Like I, I knew they'd be back in the in the top four and make a run for the finals. I didn't think they'd impress as much as they did and, and go on to win the comp. Yeah, I don't. I honestly thought Storm were going to win this the, the prelim. Um, just based off the well, season we had, I, like it was just so good. Yeah, like 19 straight. Um, yeah. One of the best individual set regular seasons from a team in a long time. Um, you know, they break so many records, point scoring records and, and things like that. And um, yeah, and then to see that, you know, preliminary final, it was like so low scoring. Mm. And just Melbourne played so un-Melbourne-like. Um, yeah. And not, not taking away from Penrith, they were brilliant. And they deserved the win, and it showed they went on to win the, the premiership. But the, the Melbourne, yeah, they, if they could have that game back and play it another <laughs> 10 times, I guarantee you'd have a different result. Yeah, I reckon Craig Bellamy's still living, losing sleep. He literally said that the, why it was so hard to take was because it was the worst performance they've had all year in their, you know, the biggest game because they obviously didn't reach the, the, the grand final. But um, the combination between Luai and Cleary, like, um, obviously for Penrith, it was motoring last season, but we got to see a glimpse of it as well this year for, for New South Wales in origin. And they proved that they can both do it on the sort of highest stage in this country. I mean, how integral was that halves combination like throughout the whole season? Do you think like? Yeah, look, even look, Matt Burton, uh, you're having a totally different discussion about him when when he stepped in, when, when Luai and, and Cleary were out, but um if he wasn't there, then you'd see it probably a different result. Like that combination was so um, perfect. Like I said, from them growing up, going through the grades, um, getting into that New South Wales squad and show, you know, how much they dominated that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the first combination since Laurie Daly and Ricky Stewart to win. It was that like 30 uh, years. I read that or something. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. And, and you just go, well, that's, that is how hard it is for, a, you know, a combination at club level to go on and play state of origin and then come back to club and continue it on because, you know, that you go through that high of winning a, a state of origin series and you come back and you think, you know, life's just going to continue on, but then you've got to drag yourself through another, you know, 10 rounds of footy um, and then a, a, a final series. So it takes it out of you mentally and physically. Um, and they just show like, you know, they're young, like I said, they're, they're brash. Um, and I think, you know, this year won't be the, the final year they'll they'll do something like this. I think they'll continue on and possibly do it again. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, it was amazing, amazing win by the Penrith Panthers. I, I think part of me thinks the grand final was won against Storm, but then again, um, South Sydney, the way they sort of came home in the in the finals was pretty impressive, and um, it was an exciting grand final. I think one one aspect you just touched on a little bit was Origin, and um, obviously throughout my sort of generation that's been watching origin the last 10 15 years it's literally just been queensland uh, dominating and, and finally sort of the last 
three, four years, we started to see New South Wales claw back and fight back and, and shift the sort of um, the tide with the, with the origin. I mean, overall, that event in itself, is that, is that like, as, a, as an AFL fan, when I look at it from the outside, obviously it's just New South Wales versus Queensland. But when you've been in New South Wales or you've been in Queensland when that game is going on, it is so big. Um, like it's so well watched, it's so supported, so scrutinised, and it's taken so seriously and literally by every every person. Is that is that like the biggest game in in the NRL or around the NRL um, rugby league? I should say that that you know of. Yeah, it's probably you know the most because so territorial. It's you know it's us versus them. No matter like if you're in Queensland or New South Wales, and um, I know playing for Australia is probably the biggest you know, pinnacle of someone's career, but the intensity that New South Wales versus Queensland, that origin series brings, you know, was born from hate. It was born from, you know, players, uh, clubs stealing players and, and making them play for New South Wales. So it, it, I don't think it can be replicated in any other sport or, you know, I think people have tried and they just can't. Mm. Uh, and that's what sort of makes it so special. You know, um, you look at, you look at rugby league. I know AFL is the same. Like if you're from a certain suburb or a certain city and, yeah. and you play another city, it doesn't like, even if you're born in that city and you're raised in that city, you might not follow that team. You might follow a team because of your dad followed this team or whatever, where, you know, New South Wales, I have no choice. I was born in New South Wales. I, I, I want to support them. So I've grown yeah. up. So there will be players, uh, fans that will jump on and, and, and join Queensland because they were so successful. But I just think that, you know that you're born into it so it's it's more territorial uh, and that's what makes it special like you see on social media every year it's there you know fans just going head to head in it's the comments. crazy man uh, it's crazy it is crazy and, and we you know for, because it's such a short thing it's you know three games mm. it's um you know lose the first one you get you know the, the intensity for the second one is so huge yeah. so um and then if it's one all then it's a decider and i think the build-up to like the media plays a big part in and how we we feel about things so you know they build that up more than um a friday night game between the broncos and dragons so um you know when when that build up for that whole week when everything stops and all the media's talk you know players are in the media and, and coaches are arguing that just builds up their the intensity for the game so yeah. that's why it's so so huge yeah is it is it for you the biggest game in the country though or is it i mean from from afar it seems like it just it seems so important to both sides and the following around it is almost like it's a, it's a concert or a Super Bowl. Like it's so big. Um, yeah. I think like even when you come around to like a, a final series, if your team's not in the finals, you, you may not care yeah. too much. Some people like I do. I like, I don't care who's playing. I'll, I'll watch, <laughs> you know, every game of the final series in the grand final, but some, some fans, if their team's not in the finals, they'll just switch off. Whereas Queensland, New South Wales, because, you know, your, your players might, from the team that you follow might be picked, so you want to support them. Yeah. So you'll jump on it, you know, be more invested into it and you don't want to see them get hurt or things like that. So it's it's definitely the most, the, the biggest game of the year, the biggest three games of the year. And you can tell by the ratings too, like every time they bring that out, they're, through they're the in roof. the top 10. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, through the roof. So I think, you know, it's even a couple of years out, out done the AFL grand final, which is arguably the biggest thing in the country. So yeah, uh, it just shows how big it is and how many people are invested into it. Like even you guys down in Melbourne, are, you know, we've taken games down there and 
they've sold out and rapid really as well. It. Like people jump on those tickets so quick here. Yeah, so I think you know, like you look back, there was a game in the mid nineties, and what have been the first game at Melbourne, and there was like a huge all in brawl, and it just gets replayed all the time. <laughs> so you know, as much as they want to talk down and ban punching and and fighting in games when they use it to promote the games, it just shows how how intensity. Yeah, yeah, and how much they love it. So. Um, who, just before we kind of jump into a bit more of your story and I guess the, the content creation pages that, that you're, um, involved in, was it from an individual standpoint? I mean, who, who really caught your eye this year from, you know, player and performance It might, might be because of what they did on the field or off the field, but anyone in particular? I, I think if your answer is not Tom Travojevic, I was going to um, say that <laughs> just because of like the, the run that he had, um, you know, he, he went, you know, from, from day dot, from when he came back from an injury, um, almost every game he he dominated. Like it was almost like you know, there was, I see I saw other pages you know put up a um, who was your player of the week, excluding Tom Travojevic. He was just that dominant that mm. he would have got player of the week in anyone's in any fan's eyes every single weekend he played. So it was like okay, well who's the second best player this weekend? So really, um, and it showed. You know, he got he got the Dally M. He he got the uh, the players play from the Rugby League Players Association. So they asked all um, all the players uh, who was your, who was the best player of the year, and he won that. So that's probably like the most prestigious one where the players recognise him as as the best player, and he just was. He dominated all year. Um, unfortunately, like they didn't make the the grand final, they didn't go on to win a premiership, but he was still probably the most outstanding player. Yeah, and, he's, and, he's... And sort of popped. Yeah, he's so tall too and so agile. It's like almost like he's just a different different kind of animal, almost like a Le- LeBron James type bigger where they're so tall and powerful yet they're agile like the little guys or um yeah. He, he was actually in the he was actually in the Swans Academy. Oh, was he? He, he played uh, I can't think of the, the player's name. He plays for the Swans now. But he talked about how like he could have been the next big AFL player. Oh and you can just see by the size of him the you know, the, the body shape and he's still only young. Like he's still probably going to get bigger. So, or like, you know, you just don't know what, what he's, what he's capable of when, when he gets to sort of, you know, next three or four years. So. Yeah, man, it's going to be, it's going to be insane. Just going on to your story a bit more now, because um, for all the listeners and everyone tuning in, they're probably keen to understand a bit more about the NRL roast. If you haven't looked it up on Instagram, do yourself a favor, give it a follow. It is fucking hilarious. It is also quite insightful, and it's a, it's a different form of engagement with the NRL, which is why I'm I'm a big advocate for this type of media in this space of sport. Um, over 160,000 followers. Um, Dean, like, we need to know more about this. Like, how? Where did the idea come from? Um, how long has it been around for? And I guess what what was sort of the driver for you to do it? So. Um... My my history. Um, so so I, I'll give my. I'm in my. I won't say my proper age, but I'm in my mid thirties. Um, but <laughs> uh, it started like I've got. Uh, I've got a wife and, and two young girls. And when my, uh, my when my eldest was born, I took some time off. I took twelve months off my my job so my wife could go back to work. And I wanted to be a stay at home dad and and spend some time with the kids. So I did that with my with my first child. And while I was you know as much as you, you spend time with them, there are some downtime. And, you know, I was like, I want to get some creative. Like I worked in um, finance and that's quite boring. And literally like, I just, I would never go back to it now, mm. but uh, I wanted to, you know, 
mix some stuff and I've always been involved with uh, video creation and um, uh, not so much social media to start off with, but it was just more videos and YouTube and things like that. And um, I started making things and just and throwing them out there and a few pages sort of picked them up and were like, oh, do you mind if we post on our page? I'm like, yeah, no worries. And one of the very first things I, I, I did was um, a Karate Kid meme. I was talking about it the other day. It was a Karate Kid meme with Josh, Josh Reynolds. He tripped someone. So I just did a face swap because I was always inspired by the Bleacher Report and the things that they do, the creative yeah. ways that they were doing it. And no one was really doing it around the NRL. So I was like, I'm going to jump in that area. And I did a, uh, a Josh Reynolds meme where he was tripping someone and did the Karate Kid and um, posted up on a, on, a, on a page and got picked up by the footy show by Bo Ryan. Wow. And I was like, wow, okay. If, if they're seeing it and put it on the footy show, I was like, maybe I've got a bit of a knack for it. So that's where the, the page started. So I started in um, February 2017. So going on five years. Wow, it's not even that um, long, really, when you think about it. No. Um, I can't believe how quickly it's gone. Because what, what are you at now for um, from a following perspective? So on, um, on Facebook, I think we've got 150,000. Wow. Uh, on Instagram, hundred and just under hundred and seventy, I think. Yeah. And then uh, on Twitter, around seven thousand. So. Wow, that's crazy. Um, good, good mix, good mix across. Like a lot of the platforms, different videos and different ideas work. Like some of the stuff I post on Instagram does nothing on Facebook, and then there's stuff on Facebook that just flies wow. that you know goes nowhere on Instagram. So, um, I used to when I first started. Um, curate content purely for Facebook and then okay. just, I'll just, I'll just put it over on Instagram, you know, not really care about it too much. Yeah. And it wasn't until the, a little bit of a boom about 2018. I was like, no, nah, I'm sort of getting away from Facebook. They were culling some of the, the features that I was using constantly. And Instagram was more interactive. There was more play, like more players are on Instagram than Facebook. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, jumped over there and started just curating content for Instagram and then just throwing it over to Facebook and sort of forgetting about it. Um, and it's, you know, a lot of the players get involved, which helps. So like, if you, if you post something up, a fan might come in and go, oh, that's shit. But then if a player comes in and goes, ha ha, that's, that's cool. It's almost like, yeah, 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 they're giving you a big green tick and it's just like, then the fans will go, oh, okay. It is because they're influenced by it. They'll say, oh, maybe it is cool, you know, and they'll change their mind. So, but yeah, so four, five years I've been, been doing it and, um, yeah, it's, it's, as far as I know, it's it's going going fairly well. Um, a lot of people are seeing it, getting in a lot of people's feeds and things, and you know, just trying to keep it fresh. And that's the most challenging part is trying to work out what content, you know, what to do next. What's because there's so when I first started, there wasn't that many pages, or if any, doing what I was doing. And now there's, you know, there's a bunch of pages. So you've got to sort of change it up and get fresh and try different ideas and and so you're not sort of stale and seem like you're copying anyone. Yeah. I um I just find for, for me I, I don't think there's enough of it in this country and probably NRL is probably the the only sport where literally you know your average Joe or ex player or whatever um you know fan for example cover the sport like in in other codes for example in uh, a great example is the English Premier League in the UK like the amount of fans that have YouTube channels or social media channels that have huge followings just to hear their opinion on their club or the Premier League is like enormous. And when I think of like sport in this country, particularly AFL, there's very few 
soccer there's none basketball i don't even know if there's any nrl obviously from bloke in a bar there's kind of like a a more sort of a bit more of a mainstream platform but it's it's still coming from a guy that's not really affiliated with the actual sport itself even though he's an ex-player and then things like the nrl roast i feel like you guys are starting to create a bit of a or pave a way in australia in australia where i think other codes are going to start to latch onto that because i think the like the fan or the or the listener or whoever it may be, they they actually do like that content. It's not just all Fox Sports and, you know, the perfect media. I think more in, more engagement's coming with those type of platforms, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's like because if they know the know the person behind it, not just the brand, and it they sort of trust it a bit more. Mm. You'll see like Fox Sports are starting to do, you know, the type of content that we've been doing. They're trying to change it up to, to tap into that. Correct. But you see that. You see the comments. The people are like, you know, why you know, don't do this. You're not funny. Um, <laughs> don't, don't. And I've seen comments which is like great. Like I, I'm amazed by it when they do it, and they like don't try and be like the NRL roast or bloke at a bar and things like that. And I'm like, holy shit! Like, yeah, sort of brings you know, like lift you up. Like, yeah, you know, that's awesome. Amazing that, that people think think like this. But so when you see them changing their, you know, this is a million multi-million dollar company that's changing the way that they produce media based on other pages is uh, you know like i said amazing so um and you spoke about like the english super league uh the english super league the um english premier league you know i don't watch that much soccer i'm not a huge soccer fan but i'll almost tap into that arsenal tv that's what i'm talking about though that shit's more famous than the soccer because yeah because it, it makes me want to watch a little bit of Premier League just to see what they're talking about because yeah. their fans are so into it, and that's you know that, that's run. Is it run by by fan? I don't think yeah, it's it, not run by. The club. No, it's it's not it's not a club affiliated thing. Like it's run by a fan. So, and I, I saw there was one um, when uh, last last year when there was no uh, no crowds and there might have been a bit of a break. And I got to watch a few more um, AFL games. It was midweek games, mm. and uh, there's a a Carlton. Uh, Blues TV and yeah. a guy he just logged on to Zoom and he just started talking about it. and he'd bring people in who'd been to the game or um, whatever they were doing and That's just awesome. talking. And I'm like, this is the type of content that people are more engaged with because yeah. it's not your watered down um, ex footy player, you know, on a on a mainstream channel. Yeah. Um, talking, you know, talking about why they did this and why they did that. It's fans literally, you know expressing their feelings and emotions and rawness for everyone to, to see. So, cause I think you can sort of see through people when, when they're on a, on a Fox league after show or something like that. And they're, they're bagging the team and they're getting angry. It's almost like you can go, well, when you walk away, you're probably not that type of person. So seems fake. Yeah. So fans can see through it. And I think when you have channels, um, that are doing things like this and getting out and talking to the fans, getting their real feelings out there about their team and things like that is is great. Just to come back to your comment around um, when you're looking at sort of these multi-million dollar broadcast networks that are covering you know the same sport as your your sort of channels, and you see them kind of flip their strategy to kind of mirror what you're doing to try and get some traction. Does that give you sort of the feeling like, all right, I'm on the fucking right path here or I need to do more or I need to, you know, innovate further? Like what's the kind of strategy and thinking that comes to you? Because obviously it's a bit of a pat on the back at the same time. It's almost like a, a driver. 
Yeah. yeah you, you see it and you go, I, yeah, I'm on the right track, but now I want to do it better than them. Yeah. If they're going to start coming into my lane and, and doing the type of content that I'm doing, even though they have so many resources, you know, out the window, um, it just makes me go, okay, I'm just going to work harder, try something different. I'm going to, you know, innovate and try to see what someone else is doing in another sport that has, you know, like a bleacher report, like I said before, or, you know, some of these bigger channels, Hmm. What are they doing? What can I replicate in here to to get a one up them? Because I see so many pages like that, like Fox League and things. It's almost like they just see see something that goes um, popular, something hmm. that's you know on the money right there and then, and they just copy yeah, and paste bang. it. Yeah, so, yeah. And because they have such a bigger audience than me, it's it's almost like you know we're forgotten about, but. There are some diehard fans that are in there and backing us up, so it's good to see. Yeah, it's all, when you mentioned American sports, I mean, that's probably actually one, probably they've paved the way for this type of media. I mean, the House of Highlights, Bleacher Report, like all the, a lot of the NBA content, NFL, NFL even, even Major League Baseball, like people probably more tune into those platforms and they're not even affiliated with like ESPN or, you know, Fox, whatever whatever those channels may be playing those sports on. Um, so it just comes to think of like how this sort of, paradigm shifting to a space of where you don't really need you know certification in media you don't need any credibility you just need to have a bit of an eye and a wit and and start just posting content consistently i think with like the house of highlights and and bleach report you look at like the nba they've just opened their ip up to everyone yeah so you know you can't broadcast games which is a given like you can't just get that game and then stream it to your channel but it allows like little clips and little highlights, like a massive dunk, uh, alley-oop or anything like that. And that gets people in game. Like I've, I've talked to people and they say, I don't, I follow the NBA. I don't watch every game, but I'll just go and watch the highlights. Mm. Um, and that's what gets the people in. If they can see that highlight, they might want to see how that game ends. Well, they might want to go see that player in their next game to see if they do it again. So they're going to tune in. And I, with the NRL, it's really hard because they haven't opened that IP up. They, you know, they, anything over 15 seconds, we get taken down straight away. So, really? Is that coming from Fox or the NRL? Yeah, from the NRL. Look, it's an automatic thing. So um, the social media pages have this thing. So if you post a video over 15 seconds, it, it, it will more than likely be picked up by a trigger, okay. something in the audio or something like that. And they'll say, it may be owned by the NRL. You can submit a dispute. By that time, like by the time the dispute goes through, it might be the next day. The moment's gone, so you just don't worry about it. Mm. Um, so I always try and keep it short and sweet, and or um, use just screenshots just to get the story story over. And and when you post a video too, you, you fear that the next day or next week someone's going to come at you with a copyright <laughs> strike, and then yeah. the page is gone. So you can run the gauntlet a bit. But I've spoken to people overseas that don't have the resources, don't have the money to. Um, buy uh, NRL games or buy the, the, you know, watch or anything. So they, they're watching YouTube and watching highlights and hits and things like that. And that's brought them to the game. Mm. They've, they've said, you know, I've seen X, X player do this hit on, you know, Benji Marshall highlights from 2005. I've watched that, you know, that's what got me into football and that's what got me into the NRL. So it shows you that social media works to get the casual viewer. They might see a hit or a huge trial or, whatever just this small clip on a social media page like ours that might go viral that'll bring them into the game they might become a member they might buy a jersey Mm. so 
you know, we're not going to be start broadcasting games. We're not going to go, okay, give us the IP and then we're just going to take it away and, you know, take away from the broadcaster. We're actually helping the broadcaster by saying, here's this game on this huge hit, catch the second half coming up now and people might more tune in. So Correct. So d- taking off what you're saying, my assumption is it's NRL and Fox. They're not collaborating with platforms like yourself or Bloke in a Bar to, you know, because of what you're contributing back to them, they're not really recognizing that by maybe opening up some IP to help your content provide more value back to them, for example. The only the only conversations I've ever had with the NRL was when I when I first started, um, I, I posted a video which used their logo in it, um, and it went went really well. It was like a revamped version of um, Simply the Best. Okay. Um, and I just used um, recent footage and recent teams and things like that. And they actually came to me and said, oh, you know, you can't use this. Can you please take it down? And I'm like, oh, okay, no worries. So I took it down and then I did another video and then they came back again. I'm look, I, I wrote to them and, and researched the laws and things like that. And I said, technically, I'm, I'm allowed to do this as long as I do this. And they came back to me and they said, okay, but just don't use too much. And I'm like, I don't think you even know the rules. Oh, so I was wow. like, they just don't want, they just don't want you having just, your IP on there on your platforms. Well, the, the, what they said in the letter was, um, you're reducing what we could possibly get uh, from a broadcaster because if the broadcaster then comes to them and goes, oh, all these channels are using footage, it's not as valuable as as what you say it is. So we're going to offer you less. Hmm. And I was like, that just doesn't add up. Like, I'm not broadcasting games like they are you can still um get the you know the money that you want for it but i just i think they're a little bit backwards in in doing that but that's the only communication i've had with them i've never never asked to collaborate with them if if they want to i'm open for it if if there's something that we can do that helps boost the game because like as far as i i'm concerned what i'm doing right now is is helping it 100 percent. you know i do take the piss out of them as well but I'm not telling people to tune out and don't watch. I'm yeah, they're going to tune know, in. Yeah, here's something funny that happened. Come and watch, you know, the next game. Like, um, if anything, I, I believe I am helping. So if they want to collaborate and, and do something, I'm more than open to it. But it's just they've never, I've never approached them um, until like I have a really solid idea or something. I might, but I'm going pretty well without them. If they want to do something and and which helps each other, I'm I'm open to it. Surely they're looking at things like the engagement on social media. They're taking um, examples of overseas where these like platforms are actually enhancing growth in the game or interest or fascination. I mean, like you talk about, you don't watch soccer, but you'll tune into Arsenal fan TV because they literally just cry every week after they, they lose or they create this storm and it's fucking hilarious. Um, it amazes me that we're still kind of... And maybe Australia's a little bit behind and I hope we get there, but it, it does amaze me given the nature of um, your page and what it's doing and, and even like bloke in the bar. I mean, it's almost like its own broadcast station in a sense of, of the NRL. Like the fact that there's, there's no sort of IP open or relationship um, that can help form and grow the game is, is probably like, it's, it's a bit alarming to me because it's, it's a no brainer in some regards. And, and recently it's, it's probably only going to get worse as well because recently they've um, announced that the digital arm of the, the NRL, they're shutting down some shows on that Jesus. because the broadcaster believe they're in direct um, competition with them, which is, I think it's ludicrous because the shows that they have are just based around the teams and, you know, mm. 
talking about like what this team's doing this week and what are the the lineups for this week, then the Channel Nine and and Fox aren't really doing that sort of stuff separately. Or if they're doing it, they're doing it at different times. So it's never in direct competition with them. Mm. Um, so I think it almost opens a door for someone like us and, and bloke in a bar will do it. Is um is doing more of that content around around the game as much as they can within IP. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, a, and a lot more people will go to them for that, for that, or go to us, sorry, for that information compared to going with Correct. Fox and online. So, um, from, from your perspective, I guess, do you have a clear vision of where you want to take the NRL roast? Is there like an end goal of what you're hopeful of, or is it day by day? What's your sort of headspace around that? I, I, like, I started just off a whim, like, just a place to sort of throw things out and express, you know, express myself a little bit, but. I've never, I've never really sat down and worked it out, like what, a, you know, what the plans are. All I really want to do, and, and like my my um, tagline says, it's 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 by fan for like for the fan. So mm. if I can bring more fans in that want to um, do more content around, then I'll happily, you know, help them and 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 push them because I think that's where, like we've spoken about, that's where the. Um, can't think of the word, but you know, that's that's where it lies is the passion from the fan. Correct. It's to DNA. Bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, a lot of people might think, you know, oh, I'll get into it and I can get paid. I've done it for five years. And I haven't earned that much from it. Like earn a little bit from a bit of merchandise here and there or a bit of revenue from a web page and things like that. But it's not something I'm, I'm going to retire on. It's not something I can regularly get money from. Right. But if you bring more people in and more people want to do it, then maybe we can create something to, you know, more people are going to come here and we, more people are going to see it and we will bring in more revenue. Uh, but I think a lot of people might think, oh, I'll just jump in now and I'll get paid straight away. It's not. You've got to work hard, sacrifice um, to, to get that. So, it's hard trying to find that balance of someone that is willing to do work for free. I, I hate asking people to do stuff for yeah, free too. Hard, so, but you know, if you, there are people out there that have been doing, you know, podcasts like, like yourself and, and especially around the NRL, there are people doing podcasts every week, watch alongs, all that sort of stuff that have been doing it passionately for you know years. So bring some of those sort of people in work with them, um, help uh, publish their content and get their content out there to more people. Um, that's where it's sort of, I yeah. want to work with more, them more. There's no real end goal. It's just like, you know, one day I might even just pack it up and just, uh, <laughs> I'm done. no, you can't do that. There's too many people hanging yeah. off the content now. That's the worst well, part. That's, that, that's the thing. Like, there's so many people that get in the content, uh, comments that I interact with like regularly. And they're mm. like, oh, as soon as I saw this on TV, I came to your page because I knew you'd post it. So wow. it's like, you know, they sort of almost rely on me for something. So, um, you know, that's that's what drives me to keep keep it going is is I'm giving some enjoyment to the fans. So, so I'll give you a little, little I'll just share a real special story. Um last last year when COVID shut everything down, um we were like, what well, what are we gonna do? There's you know, there's no football. So I quickly jumped on the idea like the game's shit, but I loved playing. It was uh, rugby league live. That's yeah. the, the the game. Anyway, I was that PlayStation game you like, mean, oh, sorry. Yeah, the PlayStation game, sorry. And um, I was like, oh, why don't we recreate the rest of the season? Because we didn't know when footy was going to be back or if it was going to be back at all. So I was like, oh, why don't we recreate the rest of the season via the video game? And it took a lot of work. Like, 
had to stream the game at a shortened game. Like it wasn't a full 80 minute game. It was, it went over like 20, 25 minutes, but I recreated every game of every round for like, I think it was like eight rounds before it came back. And I would publish them on YouTube at the same time that there would be normally a football game. So wow. Thursday night, if there was a game at eight, eight o'clock, then that game would be played. And I'd keep a tally, a ladder. I'd keep stats. It was just like really in depth. And it wasn't really, didn't, wasn't viewed by that many people. But I had one, one guy message me and he said, um, without like, I'm in a really, I was in a really bad place without sport. And he said, I, I watch this and this is like giving me laughs every week and keeping me going. And I was just like, from that, I don't care if I, like, I get no views. I've got to keep going just for this one bloke. Yeah. So, you know, that, that sort of drove me. I was like, you know, I've got to, you know, keep doing some sort of this sort of content to, you know, there's people out there that use this, use pages like ours to escape the daily grind of the shit that's going on. So this is the- I can keep doing that. It's, it's amazing because it, I just wanted to, to touch on like, and for the listeners, like this is why I was really keen to have a conversation with Dean around his page because there's, it's very, it's a very unique world we live in when you can own a social media page, push sports content out that you're not affiliated with the professional sport or the governing bodies, but you can push content out and have such an impact and reach on such a range of people. And like I don't think we really take into consideration how much you you're probably doing that to so many people. I mean, one hundred and sixty thousand followers plus one hundred and fifty on Facebook. You're putting out memes and things, and like it's literally bringing people happiness. And you talk about the time and and the effort you're doing for free, and may, maybe making a little bit of revenue on the side. But like having experiences like that just must make you think. Well, this is why why it's worthwhile, why it's impactful why it's much bigger than me and, and obviously sort of, you know, my time and, and things like that. Yeah. Like g- growing up in a small town as well, you know, I've got my core group of friends here and, and people that I, I socialize with all the time, but without this page, I wouldn't have met, I wouldn't have met yourself. There's yeah. been so many people I've met. Um, you know, I spoke with um, Sir Saliola the other day from the Canberra Raiders and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, there's so many, I, I've just spoke with Matthew Denny, the, um, the Olympian. Uh, and I'm like, without the page, I wouldn't have met these people, wouldn't have been able to talk to them and share their stories and share my story with them as well. So, you know, that's another thing that keeps you going is the people that I interact with, the people I talk to and and from the page. It's just, I wouldn't have met them otherwise. And there's nothing wrong with just staying in a small town and, you know, yeah. doing the same regular. I'm happy here. I've got my wife and kids. Like if my social media page is shut down and I only had my wife and kids, I'm still going to be happy. Yeah. But it's just this thing that I, only, I can now use a very powerful tool that I can use to speak to so many people and maybe change someone's life I don't know like you know literally yeah I, yeah literally so um how, how like regular are you posting just out of curiosity because obviously for me I'm trying to grow my platforms people listening maybe want to grow their own platforms or businesses like obviously one common theme with everything that I feel anyone ever starts is a lot of the terms people say to help you is consistency. Um, I mean, that obviously being one component, I mean, what's your sort of perspective on how to grow a platform to the size of obviously yours? I said that to someone who, who sent me a message the other day and I said consistency and, and originality was mm. um, was mine. Um, but it's, it is hard. Like if you, I've, I've got a sport that's, you know, 
from Thursday at eight o'clock through to Sunday six o'clock is is there's stuff I can I can post about. There's something going on in the game that I can post about, and then it's just like okay, what's the wash up from the weekend that dominates Monday and Tuesday posts. Mm. The preview uh, the games dominates Wednesday and Thursday posts, and then we're back to the grind again from Thursday through to Sunday. So throughout football season, it's, it's pretty easy to keep on um, yeah. posting and around the game. It's just like, okay, what, what am I going to look at that's different to someone else? You know, um, what happened in that game that no one's talking about? What's a player done out in the community that is worth recognizing? Um, but if you, if, you know, it depends on what your subject is. It's, it's hard to be consistent on a subject. Mm. Um, if you're, if you're just, you know, you're talking to, um, ex-players and things like that they're um they're not they're not playing in a game anymore so how do you drum up you know consistent talk around this person that you're going to be talking about if they're not playing in a game this weekend or doing anything in the previous weeks so i suppose it's um my like you say consistency and originality like i say consistency and originality but it's easier for me because i'm around a sport that is fairly consistent yeah um but I suppose just, you know, find your niche, find what, what you love talking about. If you have that passion for it, it's going to be a lot easier than, you know, trying to be popular. Um, there's pages that are way smaller than me that have a podcast that are getting way more listens and way more views um, through other media um, than I am. So, you know, yeah, I'm doing well on Instagram and Facebook and things, but that doesn't resonate into other areas as well. So, you know, find your niche, um, you know, stick with that, find something that no one else is doing uh, and get some original content around that. And, you know, consistency, you know, at least try and post like two things a day. You know, it might be around the same same topic, but if you're regularly posting regularly in people's feeds, then you're regularly in the front of people's minds. So likely to come back, come back to your page for, for whatever it is. It's pretty... Um... Pretty special what you've been able to do. Is there is there one post that you can recall that just flew off the handle that just went absolutely bananas and brought you heaps of engagement, you know, reach and and obviously following on the back of that? Is there one that's most notable? Yeah, look, looking back, it's probably not my greatest moment. But, <laughs> um, there was um, back back in like uh, 2017, 2018, Nathan Peets was a, a serial tweeter. He would he would like a pest basically. He would he'd post on on Twitter and and just you know rip into people. So he was known for having a bit of banter, and um, he got selected to play for um, State of Origin. And he played with Mitchell Pearce, who the year before or, that, or might have even been that year he'd um, been caught on Boxing Day with a dog. And oh. just, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Follows, you, know, you, you know the story. And um, and he got he got fined and, and suspended for some games and things, but it was like national news. People still talk about it today. Anyway, he played Nathan Peets played Origin with Mitchell Pearce that year, and then a few weeks after it, the Dogs were playing someone and they got beat by fifty points. And so what I did was fake up a tweet from Nathan Peets, and it was like <laughs> I haven't seen um, Dogs been uh, been pounded that hard since uh, I. Sp- I roomed with Mitchell Pierce. <laughs> I'll, I'll find the exact tweet. I'm not sure, he's, but that's the, the uh, gist of it. Anyway, I, I faked it up, 
post it on on Twitter. I post it on um, Facebook and Instagram, and Triple M, all the big news media, picked it up as a real tweet. Oh no! And they posted it up. And Nathan Peets, he came out and he said, "Look, this tweet's not by me. It is funny, but just to let you know, it's not, it's not by me." So at that point, I was like, "Okay, cool. He's he's okay with it because it's a joke, you know." Yeah. Um, surprised he was. He, I would have thought he might have fucking lost his shit with yeah, that I, one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd never admitted to that was that it was me that mocked it up. <laughs> what is this the first admission, or you just didn't admit it to him? No, I, I have before, but I've never yeah. actually like posted. Yeah. You know, oh, this was us. Um, oh, right. But like every, I, I saw it on every meme page, every group. It was sent through like all the chats, um, and yeah, like big media picking it up as a real tweet and. <laughs> You know all that sort of stuff. So hopefully he didn't get any trouble over it. I, I doubt he would because they they wrote a, a follow up story saying it was you know about his comments saying it was fake. But yeah, that was probably the biggest one because it just went. I remember on Facebook, I think it had like fifty thousand likes. Like it was, it set set me up um, in the early days. So, but like I said, it's it's a bit a bit crude, uh, a bit rude. <laughs> but at the same time, you know it is, it is a joke. We're only poking fun at at the events that have already happened. We're not ruining anyone's life by posting it. We're not, yeah. you know, we're, we're almost just trying to have a laugh. So. Mate, that's yeah, a, that was, one, that hell of, one hell of a post. I can understand why that one went viral. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and and looks, things have changed since then. We're, we've toned down it. Um, the type of um, stuff we do, because we understand our, oh, I say we, I say it's, it's only me, but um, I say we as the brand and the fans, um, that you know, we tone it down because we understand the reach that we get. We understand how how big and how many people see the post. So we've got to be a bit more responsible now than what mm. we were when we were just a page with ten thousand followers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely changing, mate. It's uh, been incredible to talk to you. I think probably my last sort of query is just like, where where do you think, I guess, media of sport is going to go? And I know it's a big question, but I just I starting to see possibilities of of platforms where, you know, the average person can be closer to the sport, can create content around it, can have huge followings and huge influence on, you know, the viewership and the perspective of when they're viewing those sports. Do you have a vision of where you'd like it to go or maybe where in Australia from a short to midterm could get to potentially in this space? There's, there's always going to be, um, mainstream media is never going away. Like it, it's always going to be there and, and, sort of own own the game in a way but there's nothing stopping anyone from picking up a microphone jumping on youtube or or a podcast or a social media site and just start talking about the game there's nothing stopping you from doing um what what these big ones are doing and you look at like bloke in a bar like there's yktr sports is another one um player player driven or, or ex-player driven media um, is, is becoming huge. It'll be the next next big thing you see. P- players in our game like Sean Johnson, Chad Townsend, who are doing vlogging around the game, give, giving you a behind the scenes thing. You know what 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 their day entails with training. So that's another element that these mainstream guys aren't doing. I love when and then, I love when athletes do that. By the way, I think that's so yeah, cool. yeah. And from that, you know, it gives us a story to use as well. So mm. that they they'll vlog about it. We'll we'll watch it, find out what what the story was, a funny clip from it. We'll produce, we'll post it on our social media, so it gives us content. 
mm. and it's pushing there. So, you know, they're getting it out there. We're getting their story out there. It's almost like you look at Fox and Channel 9 and they're like, oh, we should be doing that. And that's what they're doing. They're jumping over and trying to replicate what we're doing. But I think, first of all, it's going to be that ex-player-driven media like Bloke in a Bar, YKTR Sports. They're going to be the big guns. Yeah. And they're going to be the team. The players doing their own stuff, getting their own stories out there. I saw Ronaldo Mulatalo put up a tweet. It was about a story about him representing Kiwis um, for, you know, if they picked a squad this year, he could represent them. Yeah. And he just got, he goes, I'm going to get on the front foot and say this story is, you know, bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Post it out there. So player-driven media is, is, is there. And then for, for us, for me, it's it's the fan-driven media. We're going to be the fans telling our stories what we think yeah because you know ultimately the fans are the biggest asset the game has without the fans there's no game there's no there's no media there's no nothing so you take away the fans you take away all that we're going to have our our spot it's just hopefully i can i can help drive that you know i don't want to take over any fans or anything like that i want to utilize those fans get their stories out there and get the great things they're doing around the game bring them together and and get it out there so yeah, there's going to be you know player-driven media, ex-player-driven media, and fan media, and I think they're going to be the big ones to, to take on the big guns. Mate, Dean Messeder, the host, the founder, the NRL roast, um, one of the coolest content pages out there. Everyone, I, I have to I have to admit, you definitely have to give it a follow. Those listening now, get on Instagram, get on Facebook. It's hilarious content. It's insightful. It gives you a different edge to the game of the NRL, which is why I've uh, you know been so keen to get you on, Dean, man. So I appreciate you coming on, and I look forward to hopefully one day we can collab in the future on something cool. That'll be that'll be awesome. Hopefully we meet in person one time. Well, there's yeah, so many people I know, meet, right? Meet through social media and digitally, and then I'm like, you know, I've, I've spoken to people for five years that I've never met. Wow, that's, that's so crazy. I'm like, I just the amount of people I need to catch up with and, and see in real real life is amazing. But um, definitely want to collab sometime, mate. Anything I can help with, uh, let me know and, and um, yeah, let's do something. Awesome, brother. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Jake. Appreciate it, mate.